Hello, everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein. I am a narcissistic abuse life coach. Today, I'm going to be talking about abuse by commission versus abuse by omission. Before I do jump into this content, I'd like to just first of all wish you, everyone listening, a happy New Year's. This past year has been extremely powerful in my personal growth as well as professional growth. It has been an honor delivering these podcasts to you and ultimately getting the feedback from all around the world of those who have benefited. So I want to, first of all, Wish you a wonderful, fantastic year ahead, and also thank you for the wonderful uh, support that I have gotten throughout this journey of recording and ultimately delivering podcasts and helping those who are looking to recover from narcissistic abuse. Abuse by commission versus abuse by omission. Now, abuse is not always overt. Many times it is covert. Many abuse victims do not realize how their abuse was in fact passive and covert, yet it was just as malicious, perhaps even more destructive and abusive. Covert abuse, um, which is abuse by omission, is ultimately where there is a sort of not doing a responsibility. So commission is more of a enacting of abuse. Commission, uh, omission is omitting. There's something that should have been done. It was a responsibility of this individual, and it was ultimately neglected uh, and, and abandoned and ultimately uh, caused extreme damage to those who were relying on this individual. Most narcissistic abuse is abuse by omission, such as gaslighting and silent treatment, avoiding confrontation and ultimately not being transparent in a relationship. In fact, it is the ability to deny the abuse and pretend, quote-unquote, that it's not occurring that makes it so extremely dangerous. This is seen in the cases of children who defend their narcissistic parents and their abusers, ultimately oftentimes gaslighting and entering themselves into a state of denial, avoiding the true reality of the passive aggression. For child abuse victims, it's important to understand that for every overtly abusive parent, there is a covertly abusive parent who's enabling the abuse. This is oftentimes difficult to see because there's usually one parent who's much more overtly abusive, the other one who's passive, and oftentimes the, the one who's trying to make the peace, the loved one, and ultimately the one who seems like the innocent. But it's important to understand that no parent in the case of child abuse is ever innocent. There's only whether they're enabling it or ultimately carrying it out. And this is really because it was the neglectful parent that did not step in and protect the child from the abuse and from the perpetrator, which is which ultimately makes them impl or complicit on the abusive uh, situation, ultimately the child abuse. Overt abuse is a lot more obvious. For example, physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, these things are a lot more evident. In the case of abuse by omission, because there's no really direct moment of the abuse, and really there's no memory correlating to one experience, it's very difficult to pinpoint the fact that this is actual abuse. Narcissistic abuse victims struggle mightily with this one because it's easy to, to enter into a state of denial, uh, only looking at random actions uh, of the abuse as really just random spurts of, of mistreatment, rage, and denying that, really just pawning it up to mere coincidence, flare-up behavior by their abuser. In addition, victims will often split the parent. Uh, and this is where you see what's called narcissistic splitting. The victim will split the parent into the good and bad parent and ultimately wishing away the stuff they don't want to remember or see the parent as and create this false idealized version um, of the parent where they, can, where they can ultimately believe that they are in fact in, in the hands of those who have their best interest. 
They'll remove from their memory bank, whether it's denial, repression, remove the memories of this parent being abusive and only identify with the experiences of the parent not abusing, seeing them as perfect, all loving, all compassionate, all protecting, and really only, and, and, and many times only abusing them because they need to be abused. This is where you see uh, victims defend their abuser and say, no, 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 I was actually misbe- uh, not acting uh, in a way that was uh, uh, that was necessarily good behavior and ultimately I was deserving of this mistreatment. In order to heal, it takes rigorous self-reflection and evaluation of the relationship within, so identify relationship patterns within, wounds within, and understand how this affected you, how the abuse by commission and omission both affected you. The passive abuse is going to leave very subtle wounds that are deep and need healing. In addition, the evaluation of all relationships in one's life is necessary to see them for who, what they truly are. In a sense, it oftentimes takes re- isolation or disconnecting from relationships at least for a short amount of time so you can take an eval- so you can really take stock and inventory on the relationships in your life to see if they are in fact abusive, toxic, or passively aggressive. It often causes extreme loneliness, isolation, and feelings of rejection, which pushes people back into toxic relationships without properly identifying the abuse for what it is. Oftentimes victims forgive their abuser because they just don't want to be lonely and so really neglect to see how their abuse is in fact extremely, extraordinarily, passively abusive. It's very necessary in order to really get the space from the relationship in order to identify if the relationship is in fact toxic, vampiring, and abusive. And I'm aware that many people are not able to get away Healing is still very possible, and they're not able to necessarily walk away from their parents or walk away from a partner if they're co-parenting, for example, but it's important to understand that when you identify and look at the relationships in your life, many of them are oftentimes, if you are an abuse victim, it's not just the one that is abusive at the moment, but oftentimes we have multiple relationships that are in fact toxic. We want to look at them and see them if they are in fact abusive. In addition, When you start to pull back from relationships that are narcissistically abusive, the perpetrator will, in a sense, or quite literally sense that you are catching on to their passive abuse, and they'll often look to either bully you back into the relationship or love bomb you or hoover you back into the relationship. So if you decide to walk away, it's important to understand that there's almost an energetic, a psychic connection between you and your abuser. It's, a, it's a vital to be aware of this because if you do decide to walk away and you don't realize this passive, subtle, energetic pull towards your abuser, abuser, then ultimately you may, again, look over the abuse, believe the love bombing, believe the lies, believe the promises to change, and come and enter back into the relationship, oftentimes making it even more difficult to eventually leave. It's important to see passive abuse as equally and perhaps even more destructive than overt abuse. Because of the slick and easy denial of the ability to covertly abuse, it's really easy to only focus on the quote-unquote good of the abuser. See the good in them. And this is oftentimes backed by quotes of you have to just see the good. You can't just focus on the negative. You know, a lot of times victims are told these messages, but ultimately it's in a sense further abusing them, further gaslighting them, because it doesn't allow for the truth of the relationship to come to fruition to understand that it is in fact narcissistic abuse and that these people are in fact full-blown narcissistic abusers and perpetrators. If you are a victim of abuse, if you are a victim of narcissistic abuse, if you are a victim of covert abuse, 
If you haven't shown symptoms of abuse but are not really aware of how the abuse showed up in your life, please do reach out. I'd like to help you identify how your symptoms are being stemmed, or I should say stemming from your abuse, your past relationships that were dysfunctional, toxic, perhaps even relationships growing up that set you up for a life where you under, where you have come to familiarize yourself and uh, identify with abusive relationships being the only way of relating. I want to help you identify that and help you heal and ultimately shift your mindset into a way of thinking, believing, and understanding relationships that will help you manifest and understand what it takes to truly connect with other people in a healthy way. This really the best defense against narcissistic abusers because otherwise, if we don't heal, if we don't identify relationship patterns, then we are always susceptible to the covert, passive, omitting abuse of the narcissistic abuser, which is very difficult to detect, oftentimes hidden behind layers of facades and um, ultimately deception. So please do reach out. I'd love to offer you a free 15-minute consultation to discuss your situation and see how I can be of service to you. I can be reached at YITZ, that's Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com, by phone 252-696-4852. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's an honor to bring you this information today, and until next time, all the best.